You're listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. Yeah, thanks, Travis. This is great. Uh, just really appreciate the opportunity uh, to be to be with you. And yeah, absolutely. When when Travis initially asked me to to speak tonight, uh, the plan was actually still to be kind of in person, and uh, and then it changed sort of last minute. And so uh, we'll see how we'll see how this goes. And uh, just yeah, I want to encourage you to to. Uh, just to stay with me, I'm not going to be as long, perhaps, as I would be if uh, if I was in person. Uh, just kind of tighten things up a little bit because sometimes Zoom can be, uh, you know, a challenge uh, after a while. But uh, yeah, we're just going to kind of dig into it, and uh, yeah, I just want to I want to pray as I start, and uh, and then we'll we'll go we'll go forward. Uh, Lord, I just thank you. Uh, we just say that you are not limited. Uh, in any way, and and whether we're we're together, or thank or through Zoom, Lord, you're still able to move, and you're still the one who speaks. I thank you that in every room uh, that we're in, all of the different rooms uh, that we are connected uh, and joined together by you, Holy Spirit, and so we just honor and recognize you, you, Holy Spirit, being present with us. Uh, together, but also individually uh, in the different rooms. And so we, we right now choose to, uh, to engage our spirit with you and say, Lord, come and give to us tonight words of life. Lord, we don't, we don't need uh, just another talk uh, and, and just some new ideas. Lord, we need the words of life that only you can give. Uh, Lord, I can be a, a, a mouthpiece tonight, but it is you that needs to speak. And so I just anticipate that. Lord, I'm actually full of faith that you have uh, profound and significant things to say to us, uh, each one of us. I don't think there's one person that's on this Zoom call that, that you don't have a specific thing for them. And so, Lord, would you, we just open ourselves up right now to receive. We, we come uh, like David did, we come with expectation. We come with an expectation. We come with the faith that believes that you are the Lord who knows us so perfectly and intimately, and you want to speak to us, uh, Lord. So just come and and move through this time, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So like Travis said, we've just come through this week of prayer uh, that we just did five, five nights that uh, we, we were on, uh, on Zoom. Again, we, of course, usually have the last few years have done that in person. But, uh, you know, with uh, so we, we in, engaged by Zoom and it was still very, very powerful and significant. I know that a number of you uh, were able to participate in, you know, one or two or, or even more of those those evenings. And uh I just want to say that like from house of prayer to, to the resurgence community, how much we really do appreciate the opportunity to do that with you and to, to pray together uh, and to see, uh, to, to see a, a large group of people come together and, and just really engage uh, in prayer. And I, I just feel like this season really is significant. Um, it's significant because it's so different Obviously, I mean it's it's so clearly uh, historic in what's going on, uh, and 
it's important for us to really have a posture of prayer uh, and listening. Not only are we the one, not only prayer that talks, but prayer that listens. Uh, you know, and I, I think that it, particularly some of the things that I've been thinking about for tonight, uh, just in relationship to, you know, resurgence, uh, you guys as, as a movement, as a ministry, uh, the way that, you know, it's really, in, it's your vision, you know, to see Christians touched, changed, released, sent out. You want to see God work in power, and you want to see uh, people touched with the gospel, that it's, it's not only about Christians gathering together, but it's about touching those that are spiritually lost and far from Jesus and, and seeing the power of God touch their lives. And so, you know, just thinking about, you know, what does that look like now? So, you know, COVID is, you know, this whole season is a lot longer uh, than any of us thought. Like I, when it started, I really thought, okay, we'll shut down for like a few weeks or, or whatever. And then we'll, we'll be back up and things will be good. And, and all that and months go went by and all this. So it really became this, this season of, of going, Lord, what are you saying? And what are you doing? Uh, what does it look like for resurgence to engage with the mission? Because the mission and the vision of resurgence hasn't changed because of COVID-19. It hasn't, it, it's not like, you know, version B or something like that. It's not, there's no plan B here. It's the, it's the same, it's the same vision. So what does that look like for, for resurgence? What, and I believe that churches around the city are really grappling with this. How do we engage? How do we be with Jesus on his mission to seek and to save lost people? How do we engage with that during this time of, of isolation? And there's all sorts of, of discussions about it, but this is why prayer in my mind is so is so important for us to 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 really engage with that. And so, uh, what I want to do tonight is uh, I want to talk and share from a passage of scripture that that I actually really believe speaks into our present situation. So uh, I suppose that's not a big surprise that I would I would want to do something like that. But uh, you know, Travis talked talked to me a few days ago and sort of said, "Hey, there's been some changes situation. Uh, you know, could you speak?" And it was you know, just a, a few days. And, and as I began to pray, I really felt God uh, leading me to Hebrews 10. And so uh, however you engage with uh, scriptures, whether or access scripture, whether that's uh, sort of the old school kind of paper version like I have here, or, uh, you know, if you have a more digital version, that's great. Uh, that's awesome. I'd, I'd, if you have that with you and nearby, I'd like to encourage you to, to check out uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, I originally had a whole bunch of verses that I wanted to kind of tackle in and dig into, but we'll see. We'll, I don't want to go through all of it, but we'll go and see what happens. Now, what I want to do is, uh, now, yeah, I'm just going to throw John under the bus, John Hoffman, because he, uh, yeah, you knew this was coming, John. So he, he messaged me and he said, hey, it would be awesome to, to try and engage with the, with the chat uh, window on, on zoom is just a way. And I said, yeah, that's a great idea because, you know, sometimes it's, you know, maybe if you find yourself tuning out or whatever, uh, you know, you can kind of create a bit of a, a engagement. And so, um, I know John's going to be keen on that. Uh, now the challenge is I'm not going to be able to kind of read a lot of those, those comments. So, uh, please don't, uh, ask me a direct question because I probably won't see it right away. But just as we're going through it, as we're kind of going through these verses, I believe that there's like maybe a phrase 
or uh, like a, a whole verse or, you know, just a couple words that really might stand out to you as, as something that's like, whoa, yeah, I, I hadn't seen that before. You might feel like God's highlighting that to you and, uh, and drawing your attention. It, it actually might be, it might be a phrase that I'm not even talking about. Uh, it might be totally different, but I just want to encourage you to share some of that uh, in the chat in the chat window and uh and then it just creates sort of a, a an opportunity for us to to share together it's a little bit more interactive and so uh if that if that's a, a mechanism that helps you uh then then i want to encourage you to to really do that so um what i want to do is read uh a, just a section of this uh, of this and then we'll and then i'll make some kind of just share some things so this is you can follow along with me or if you don't have uh, access to the scriptures right now, then you can just hear in advance what, I, what I'm what i talking about. So uh, Hebrews 10, verse 19, it says, Therefore, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up to us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another uh, and all the more as you see the day approaching. I'm going to skip over to verse 32. Remember those early days after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering? Sometimes you were publicly ex exposed to insult and persecution. Uh, at other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. So I want to comment on this. That, so the the book of Hebrews as a whole is, is written to Jewish, to Jewish Christians, the early Jewish Christians. And as it's described in those last verses, uh, they are, they've been going through a, a period of time that is absolutely uh, super duper challenging, like just tremendous pressures on every, on every side. Um, I, I was talking and I just want to, I want to give that context because um what these believers, and we don't know exactly what community it was and, and where they were and, and what, but there's these early uh, Jewish believers, Jewish Christians, and they were living in a time when of, of tremendous persecution of the church. And, and I think this is just tremendously um, significant because of what these verses say. And so just to focus on it, just the context uh, context is always important, but specifically in this one, um, I just want to I just want to say that I had a conversation this week with a, a good friend of mine. 
he and I were talking and, and, uh, and he, he was making this comment to me about how, how he reads uh, those verses. And he, he read it with a different inflection. He sort of, he read it as if the writer was saying, do you re remember, remember the, remember the early days? Remember what they were like? Remember what it was like when we were, we were, we had just come to faith. We just received the light. Uh, and we, we stood our ground in this great contest of suffering. And then he goes on and he describes this thing about being publicly exposed and, uh, and insulted and persecuted and uh, sympathizing with those that are in prison because some of them had, had, had gone and been thrown in jail because of their faith. Uh, some had had their property uh, confiscated. Uh, and they were re rejoicing in it. And, he's, and it's as if the, the, the writer of Hebrews is saying, do you remember those early days? Have you ever had a conversation where you have that, uh, you know, remember when you were just, you just came to faith in Jesus? Uh, I don't know how many of you, I'll just ask you, like, how many of you can remember when you came to faith in, in Christ? Or do you remember the early days of your faith? Do you remember what it was like? Bob Gallus, he remembers. And and this, the, the fervor and how awesome it was. And everything was new and the Bible was new and, and all of these things were amazing. That, that's kind of the way that this, this verse probably, I'm really increasingly reading it that way, where he says, remember those early days? Remember the days of your first love? Uh, after, you know, he says, after you had received the light, after you'd come to faith in Jesus and everything changed, and you'd, you were led out of darkness and into light he says. And then there was all of these incredible things. And he, he just goes and he, and he describes this awesome, this awesome thing that's going on. And their response is really different. Now, I've debated for days now about whether I'm going to, how to, how to express this, because uh, not everybody will likely agree with me. Uh, but I want, I'm just going to say it anyways. <laughs> and uh, I don't think at all that what we're experiencing in COVID-19, this isn't persecution. This is inconvenience. And I, I hear a lot of people uh, round about going on about how, you know, we're burnt, being persecuted and we're not allowed to sing and we're not allowed. And when I, I don't necessarily know what to do with all of that, but the, here's, what I, here's what I can maybe comment on is when I look at Hebrews 10 and I look at those verses, all I have to do is go, wow, this is intense. Look at how they responded. And we can debate whether or not what's happening to us is persecution or whether it is or isn't, but look at the response. Look at the, look at the way that he expresses it. Uh, they joyfully accepted the confiscation of their, pro of, of their property. Joyfully, you know, there's, there's people coming and taking their houses they're being thrown in prison, and they're joyfully standing side by side. This is wholly different. This is, a, this is uh, as my friend Derek Jesperson would say, this is next level. And, and I, I just, I'm looking at that and going, Lord, just whatever you did in them, oh, God, do that in me. Uh, like, I don't think what we're going through in my mind is anywhere to compare with what, what's being described in those verses, but oh, God, cultivate that response in me. Let me joyfully respond and just be filled with that. I mean, this is, this is wholly other than uh, 
so much of what of what uh, of what we're used to. I'll put it that way. And so that's really the context. And so in, you know, in that context, I went to verse thirty-two to thirty-four. Uh, but now I want to actually back up at, to to the ver- beginning of looking at verse nineteen, because really the, this whole section is about persevering under pressure, persevering under pressure. And so the reality is this: we definitely, as a world, uh, as a as a culture, uh, for sure here, you know, in Canada, there this is pressure that we have never experienced before in our lifetime. Uh, none of us have gone through a pandemic before, uh, and the just the the uh, topsy turvy, everything changing, nothing being predictable. Uh, create that alone creates all kinds of pressure, and so I really believe that there's there's things in these verses that speak to our context, uh, and we can and the Lord I believe would would encourage us, uh, you know, in these in these things. Uh, you know, the whole the call to persevere, it's the opposite of what uh, the opposite of that is is to quit or to. Uh, to give up or to stop. And uh, some of you know this, some, most of you don't, uh, I, that I'm a long distance runner, or I at least pretend that I am. Uh, and I'm not very fast. But anyways, last year I, I ran uh, my first full marathon. I, I'd, I'd always wanted to do it. And I, I did it, I ran the San Diego marathon. And, uh, you know, if there's anybody else that has ever done that uh, kind of a thing, uh, you'll understand, you know, early on in the race, uh, yeah, I'm feeling great. And I mean, it was, it was a fun race. There's people lining the road, handing out donuts and, uh, all kinds of other drinks and beverages that you wouldn't normally associate with long distance running. Uh, but anyway, I'll let you figure that one out. Uh, you know, the early, the early part of the race was awesome and, uh, it, it was great. It was so much fun. Uh, but predictably, you know, it got more challenging as it as it went on, and 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 as more and more time and kilometers went by, uh, you know, there's more and more temptation to stop and to to quit and to uh, and to give up. And and one of the great things about um, a race like that, with all the people cheering, is that you have other people that are 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 encouraging you to keep going. And to persevere, and that's a real theme in this passage, is is the the way in which we connect with one another, and and the the role that we have in ensuring that we don't give up, and that we don't we don't stop, and we don't quit, uh, and that's really what the the author of Hebrews is really really saying, because I think we understand this, but we're actually now in in new ways we're living this out that. When, when times get hard, when the pressure is on, that's when our faith really grows. That's when our faith grows the most. When things are easy and comfortable and super chill, um, th- it's, it's, it's good, but you don't necessarily get a lot of, of, of growth in those times. So this is a season that we're in where like, there's tremendous opportunities for growth in our, in our, in our walk with the Lord. Uh, I, I would probably say there's more opportunities for for solid advance in our faith in 2020 than probably in the last bunch of years uh and and it's a matter of of stepping into that and so there's this section that i want to look at about that it's just sort of a series of statements that the author gives that 
that I think are, I honestly, I think they're super practical and, and I think it's helpful when I, when we can be practical. Um, there's, there's this whole, there's five times where they, they use the same phrase and uh, it's the, the, the lettuce, uh, not lettuce like a salad, but let us uh, uh, phrase. That's, that's what it says. And, and there's, there's five of them and I just kind of want to boogie through them uh, and, and just, you, most of this you're really, really familiar with, but in the context of, of, of COVID, in the context of uh, the world and the, the political uh, sphere and all of the conflict that's going on, all of the madness that's going on, you know, like historic fires down in California and along the coast and all these things, like it's just, it's never been this way. 2020 is quite a, it's turning out to be quite a year. Uh, but here's what it says first. It says in verse 22, let us draw near to God. Uh, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Uh, if, I mean, right off the bat, he's saying like, stay connected. So when the when, when life gets tough, when pressure comes on us, like in this season, it's more important than ever for us to draw near to God. It's vitally important that we that we connect and that we, but that we remain confident. Like remember the context of this whole thing. Like remember, there's all this pressure and people are in prison and they're losing their they're they're losing their property and I mean this is you know it's intense. And the guys the you know the person that's writing is saying draw near to God so that you remain confident. Remain confident in what God has already done. Like he, he says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, being fully assured, full assurance, full assurance of faith, your heart sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Like this is, uh, this is what is being spoken here, is that all of us, all of us that are, you know, I'm just going to speak to us on, on this Zoom call. You have been, your heart, your, your life has been sprinkled with the blood of Christ. You have been cleansed already. You have been made clean. You need to have the full assurance of his forgiveness. The full assurance of the, like, it's, it's perfect. Isn't it? it's, it's perfect cleansing uh, that has come from all, from all sins. So those of us that walk with a, a guilty conscience. This is something I'm going to come back to, but a lot of times we feel the accusations of the enemy in our own lives, about our own lives. I know I do. And I, and I feel that. And I want to say to you tonight that any of you that are wrestling with uh, a guilty conscience, the blood of Christ is over you. This is profound. That you are to have full assurance uh, that you have been cleansed from a guilty conscience. You, it's washed off. It's gone. It's no longer there. And like tonight, you can, you can be assured. You can be absolutely assured. And I just want to just even now, like Holy Spirit, if there's anyone here like that's wrestling with that, that, that guilty conscience, I just say, let, your, let the, the work of Christ come. Let it become real and tangible right now in their room, wherever they are uh, watching this. Lord, I ask that you would just touch them and, and anoint their hearts. Assure them of the, the cleanse, the, the, the cleanliness of their own heart before you in Jesus' name.
Uh, and so he says, you know, the first one is, let us draw near to God. The second one is, is in the next verse. He says it again. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. So we're, we need to keep our eyes locked on Jesus. I mean, the way that we, we, first of all, we need to draw near to God. And one of the practical ways that we do that, prayer, reading the word, personal worship. But we need to hold on to this. We need to hold unswervingly to what we profess. Uh, you ever heard the phrase, talk is cheap? Uh, well, let's hold unswervingly to what we have professed, what we have confessed uh, of our faith. You know the, the, the song lyrics that we sing? Let's hold on to those. Let's, let's hold on to those worship songs. They're going to become more real for us in this season. They can become more real to you in this season and more precious. Those lyrics are, are absolutely, that's one of the ways we can hold on uh, unswervingly to this. Uh, because why? Because Jesus is faithful. Everything is being turned upside down. Um, my wife is a teacher. She's gone back to teaching high school. And whoa, I mean, it, it is topsy-turvy every day. Uh, it's crazy in lots of places. I just happen to live, you know, hearing a lot about, about what's happening in her school. Uh, but the one, so that it's not predictable, but you know what is predictable? It's Jesus. What's predictable is the fact that Jesus is, per, is perfect in his faithfulness. And so that's the second one. The third one is, is uh, you know, again, these are familiar, but I just bring them back in this context. Verse uh, 24, let us consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So here's the point here. It's really obvious. We need each other. Uh, we need to stir one another up. The journey of faith is not intended to be an isolated journey. That's, we know that. And we're desperately wanting to, to be together. And, and it's hard, you know, like we are together, but we're not together in the way that we want to be. We want to be physically together. Uh, but here's this, this word that comes to spur one another on. Now, uh, incidentally, my pastor mentioned this verse last Sunday in a very helpful way. And, and he, he being far more familiar with Greek than I am, uh, spoke and taught about the fact that really the word here for let's translated spur one another on uh it's actually it's it's we would describe it more as provoking or actually irritating so it's like what's really being communicated in that verse you know we think it's spur one another on it sounds like a hallmark card but it's actually something a lot more intense than that it's like like provoke each other let's provoke each other Let's, let's do it to the point where it gets irritating because we're provoking one another. That doesn't sound like it's a good thing, but in this context, it really is. But what, what the writer is saying is like this, these are times the temptation is to be isolated, is to, you know, sort of just accept it and sort of say, well, you know, you know, it is what it is and not reach out and not try and connect and allow ourselves to be isolated. But, but we have to absolutely stand against that. And, uh, and, and look for ways, look for ways. That doesn't obviously mean that we, we run together and, and have, you know, party so, socials and parties and all that kind of thing in a reckless way in, these, in this season. I'm not advocating that. Uh, but there's ways of connecting. There's ways in which we spur one another on in our faith. 
But then it does talk about meeting together, and that's the next one. It says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now, how many of you, you can actually, you could give me the, uh, the reaction one. Have you ever had somebody quote that verse and tell you that it's important to go to church on Sunday? If anybody has ever had that, you just give me the thumbs up. Uh, because, you know, that, this is a favorite verse, uh, you know, for, for, you know, guys, it's really important that you go to church on Sunday morning, so make sure that you don't do it. Well, I, I've heard this hundreds of times in, in, in my life, and it's never made as much, uh, it's never been as impacting as it is right now, because we can't, <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of us can't go, uh, you know, so it's like we're not giving up, uh, you know, but the reality is, is that uh, there's a temptation to just kind of get into the habit of not going. And the days, the thing is, is that this season of COVID is going to change. The, it's, it's, gonna, it's going to pass. And my simple uh, encouragement is don't allow yourself to get in the habit uh, of not gathering with people, whether that's Sunday morning or, you know, some of the other opportunities that, you know, ministries like Resurgence have or your small group in your church or whatever it is, what, whatever gatherings together, don't allow yourself to get into the habit uh, of this. And, and honestly, it's a real temptation. It, it's a real temptation. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, so it, here's confession time. So my church, we've been, we've been doing uh, the church that my family attends. We went online and uh, for this whole season. And I have an amazing wife that I'm just going to give a shout out to because she decided that she wanted to create a new tradition. And so she started making blueberry pancakes every Sunday morning. Yeah, that's, yeah. And uh, like, that's a really good, they're good blueberry pancakes. And, uh, you know, so I'm just like, I'm in the habit now of blueberry pancakes. Uh, I really like them. You have the maple syrup and the bacon and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, it's just, it's really good. But you don't want to get into the habit of that. I mean, as good as they are, um, you know, still need to get together. Like, it's still good. You know, heck, you can go to church in your pajamas. You don't need to get dressed. You just sit there. But, you know, it's good to, it's, it's important. And so we want to, so this is a major thing. Let us not give up meeting together. Don't give in to that temptation. Uh, and, and then the last one that, that he talks about is, is uh, man, my time's really got, I'm sorry, Travis, this is my time's gotten away on me. Because uh, the fifth one's the most important one. Anyways, and it's, it's to encourage one another. And it says, uh, let us not give up meeting, but let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Now, I think this is, the, for me, this is the most important one. So if you kind of drifted off, I'm going to ask you to call, come back to me, uh, come back and listen with me on this one, because I think this is far more than saying something nice to somebody. Like, hey, you know, you're, you know that your hat looks nice, or, you know, you know, John, you're looking good. And it's, you know, I, you know, like an encouragement, it's a nice thing to say. There's something much, much deeper than this. And I, and I want to kind of dig into it for a couple moments here. I believe, and I think this is, this is not, uh, this is something that I'm going to share that I have been hearing from other places. I have been, uh, I, I've heard it, I believe strongly. I mean, seriously, very strongly. I think this is a now word that, that is coming from different parts of the body of Christ, different leaders. And, and it's this, that one of Satan's main strategies is to create a culture of accusation. 
that one of the main things that Satan is doing right now is creating a culture of accusation where people are constantly and continually accusing, filled with accusations towards one another. Okay. Now, I really, I, I thought about saying this and I wanted to frame it in this way. And so I'm going to just say what I absolutely have to hear. I am not talking, when I talk about a culture of accusation, I want to be crystal clear that I am not talking about uh, the, the need for about calling people to account for wrongdoings. Okay, I'm not talking about that. When, when there's been a wrongdoing, that needs to be dealt with in the appropriate way. That's not what I'm talking about because there's been some of that and it's been very, uh, it's an important part of what's going on in the world. Uh, what I'm talking about is a spiritual reality of Satan breathing a culture of accusation uh, upon, I, I just believe it's actually across the whole world. I think there is more accusation. I mean, anybody that anybody looking around and listening hears the intense level of accusation that is going on. It's rampant. It's all across uh, our culture right now. And I've, I've really, as I've heard leaders talk about this, I, 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 there was a, a huge stirring in my spirit. That's true. This is accurate. This is right. And so Satan is the father of lies. He's the father of lies. He constantly uh, is lodging accusations in our minds about other people around us. And I, I really think this needs to be, to be, to be dealt with. And, and one of the reasons is, is uh, really clear that if we are going to be a people, and, and I mean a, uh, more than just the ministry of resurgence, I mean that like the church uh, in Edmonton, if we are going to be a redeemed people, that operate in the power of God and, and see the, the signs, the wonders, and the transformation that we are praying for and believing for, that, that Jesus has promised. If we are going to be that people, we need to deal with this culture of accusation within our own lives. I don't believe at all that we're going to, that God will entrust us with the, the weightiness of his presence, the weightiness of his glory, uh, I don't believe he's going able to entrust that to a people that are filled with accusations towards one another. I, and I think, I think the Lord's exposing this. I think this, it's a, it's a, a spiritual uh, a strategy of the enemy. But the Lord's allowing it to go forth right now, and he's, but he's, as the Lord always does, you know, Satan overplays his hand, and the Lord exposes it, and the Lord uses that, and he says, that is something that I need to deal with in my people, and I, I firmly, I have felt this in my own life. I, I really have. I've gone, I've, I've heard this, I've, I've felt the conviction uh, of God in my life in, in, the, in these last, like I'm talking the last weeks where I've, I've gone, whoa, I, I, need to, I need to do an assessment here because there's things that I, uh, you know, uh, that I need to deal with internally. And I just believe that this is something that the Lord is wanting us to, to, uh, to deal with. Uh, Satan is wanting to give an expression. I think this is, this is, this is intense. This, that if he can, it's one thing if I think something, accusations, if my mind have accusations, but if, if Satan can get me to speak those accusations out, that's, that's taking it further. 
and and accusations you know normally we don't say it to the person but we say oh you know so and so such and such and and all of that kind of thing um really satan is trying to get us to believe the worst about other people instead of the best i really want to i felt oh god i like i've i've come under this where i have not I've not thought the best, spoken the best about other people, and I feel strongly that this is the Lord saying, I want you to believe the best. I want you to believe these things. Listen to what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. This is another well-known verse, but it says, finally, Paul writes, he says, finally, whatsoever things, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, I urge you to think about these things. This is moving in the opposite spirit. We need to move in the opposite spirit. It's easy for us to sort of have an accusation and think about what that person did that's wrong or, the, or how that, that personality trait or that whatever they did, or, I mean, it doesn't even have to be something wrong, but we, we, we don't always think the best of people. We're not looking uh, for the best in, 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 in people. But, the, but what is being said here is he, it says, let us encourage one another. You know how we actually practice that out? Practice, uh, you know, uh, dislodging that, that culture of accusation? It's by encouraging one another. But I don't mean in a fake way. Here's, the, here's a question that, again, one of the guys that comes regularly to our staff, uh, that comes regularly to our, our, uh, to our prayer meetings, he, just, he said this phrase. He said, uh, he said to me, just, we, need to, we need to see the Christ in other people. And it hit me like an arrow. Like it really did. It was Thursday. I, I, I wrote it down in my book. You, we need to see. He wasn't like challenging me. He was just sort of talking generally. And he said, we need to see the Christ in one another. And I realized this is, this is so important. It's vital that we see Jesus in, other, in one another. Because right now, there's so much accusation that's going on in the world around us. And so as I kind of bring this you know, together, uh, we're living in a world where there is this accusation culture that Satan is just pouring out. It's, it's poison that he's just, it's just everywhere, spewing it all over the place. And as I think about how, how do we, how do we, how does resurgence engage with the mission of God that hasn't changed? I believe that a community of people that are rejecting this accusation culture that are moving in the opposite spirit, like as, as, as individuals, but as, a, as, you know, as families, as communities, uh, this is so absolutely foreign for there to be a group of people that are, that are, you know, as it says, you know, spurring one another on calling out the best, believing the best, not giving into the temptation to think the worst about someone else or to think negatively you know, any of us can find, it's easy for us to find a fault in someone else. That's not easy. That doesn't take any spiritual gift at all. But you know what? The challenge is to, to see the Christ, to see Jesus. Like, what is there of Jesus that's in one another? What is there of Jesus in the people that you work with? 
Um, so we do this not only with, with fellow believers. We need to do this with the people that we work with that irritate us. We need to do this with the people that we interact with that maybe, you know, for me and my run club or not that they irritate me, but, you know, like the people that we're interacting with. These are the people that we're like, there's something of God in them. God's doing something in them. He's at work in their lives. Uh, and we need to ask the Lord to open our spiritual eyes to see it. And so I just want to close. Uh, I want to close tonight uh, by asking, asking you to just think about uh, somebody specific in your life. Uh, somebody specific that the, that the Lord you know, as I've been talking, maybe particularly about this, 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 this whole theme of the accusation and the enemy and all that, uh, you know, maybe there's somebody that's been brought into your mind, and I'm not asking, don't put that in the, in the chat window, but, uh, but, you know, who is it that, because here's the thing, the Lord would call, I believe that the Lord would call you to encourage them. So the question for us becomes, Lord, how do you want me to encourage that person? Maybe we need to back it up a minute uh, and say, Lord, help me to see, help me to see what you see in that person. Help me to, to see the, the, the evidence of Christ in that person. Uh, maybe it's a family member. Uh, maybe it's somebody you go to church with. Maybe it's somebody you work with, somebody in your neighborhood, uh, whoever it is. Like, Lord, who are you speaking? So I'm just going to sort of turn this into a, into a prayer now, and, and then I'll turn it over to, uh, to the team and just say, Lord, would you, would you right now speak to us? Would you right in this moment bring to our remembrance? Holy Spirit, that's what you do. You bring to our remembrance. Lord, if there's, if there's times when we've agreed with, with Satan's accusation culture, Lord, right now we, we confess that. Right now we just say no more. No more. We, we, we say we will not agree with this accusation, the lies uh, of the enemy. We will not agree anymore, and we confess that. Uh, Lord, thank you that right now, even as we confess that, that you cleanse us now, that the blood of Jesus covers and washes, and that we are free now from a guilty conscience. Thank you for that. And God, I ask right now that there's, there's, there's people, maybe there's multiple people, that you would remind us of in our lives. Uh, how do you, what do you see when you see them? Holy Spirit, just help us to have spiritual eyes that see Christ at work, see the character, the, the, the virtues of God or, or the evidence of God, the beauty of God. Lord, thank you that these people are, are, are awesome and created in your sight. They're, they're amazing, Lord, these people. Lord, we pray for them right now. We pray blessing. I just want us to just right now, right where you are, just think of that person and speak a blessing over them right now. Lord, we just speak blessing right now. Thank you for that, for these people. And you can name them. Thank you for these people. Thank you for these ones. We, we just, we would speak a blessing, the, the blessing of God to come upon them. We ask Lord for their encouragement and for their, for their strengthening. We ask Lord that you would bless them and provide for them in whatever way they're needing. Lord, we just say thank you for those people in Jesus' name. Uh, and Lord, would you even help us? How do we encourage that person? How do we encourage that person? How do we encourage one another? How do we spur one another on? 
oh God, show us these things, we pray. And so God, I just thank you that you you are building your kingdom. Like in these days of COVID-19, you are building your kingdom. And it's awesome, Lord. Your, your kingdom is awesome now. And so God, we want to be part of that. We want to be part. We want to be the salt and the light that you've called us to be. Uh, God, thank you that there's people in our lives today that you want you want to touch, that you want to encourage them. You want us, the kingdom of God to come. And so that's our, our really our prayers, Lord. Through us and in our midst, God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Amen. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.